Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, leading people into the Christ-centered life. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, welcome to church this morning. Uh, my name is Mesh. I'm one of the pastors here at church, and uh, we are glad you are here. And Pastor Chris mentioned it already, but I want to refer to it really quickly about why I have this t-shirt on. It says, Love Leamington Serve Day, and we are going to do that. On June 3rd, we are going to serve our community, and we've got a few options for you as well. We're going to have uh, some oil changes done here at the church for single moms in our community, and we're looking for people to help out with that. John's Auto here in the city has been so gracious to uh, use their business for that day, and we're going to have uh, people come here with their cars, and we'll have car people drive those cars over to, the, to their mechanic place and change their oil filters and do all those sort of things. A real blessing for the community and these single moms. We need folks like you to come join us and to meet us here at the church and to volunteer and connect and connect with these ladies as they hang out here at the church as they get their oil changed. Uh, a few other things we're going to be doing, there's a thrift store in the city. We're actually going to be working there on June 3rd as well. And we've got a few other things on the docket too. But here's where the rubber hits the road for you. We want you to start thinking about how you can get involved in your community. If you see a neighbor that needs a fence fixed or a fence painted or a backyard that's just in shambles or whatever the case may be, you and some friends gather and serve those people on that day and to be the practical hands of Jesus Christ in our communities. We're going to do this as a church and we're really hoping and we're praying that we get as many people on board as possible. And the beauty is you get to wear a t-shirt like this, what says, love, leave me team, serve day. This will identify us that we're on this team together. Can you imagine an army of people walking around with these t-shirts in our town? Wouldn't that be cool to see? And on the back, it says Meadowbrook Church. And that's what we're about. We're representing the church, but we're more importantly, representing Jesus. So you can sign up for all these things that I mentioned. You can buy yourself a t-shirt, do it as a family, connect with growth groups, other friends in your community, and get excited and involved in this. And you can sign up at the hub. Just beside there, there'll be a table set up. These, these shirts are 10 bucks. Now, have you noticed? It's a tomato with a heart. How creative is that? Uh, we had somebody in-house create this for us and uh, the logo, and we're super grateful for that. And so again, please go by the hub and check that out because we really want to bless our community. And this is something we want to do every year. And what's cool about these t-shirts, there's no date on it. We did that on purpose because we can use the shirt every single year. So I encourage you to get involved there. So again, welcome here. We're going to dive into the message now. And if we were to boil the Christian life down to a couple of words, it would be Relationships. Uh, Jesus talked about the relationship we have with him and the Father, and he talks about the relationship we have with each other. Matthew 22 says this, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Then Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, and the law and the prophets hang on these two. Now, in Genesis 2, we find the account where God first made man, and it was all good, uh, but God had said that uh, to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone. And the story goes on that God created Eve. And this idea that marriage was now uh, an option, and God had created Adam and Eve in this relationship. And when we think about relationships, often we only think about marriage relationships. But I submit to you that it's more than that. I was single over 30-some-odd years, 
so I know what it's like. So as you think about this topic today, think about how, how our life is about relationship with other people as well. We are destined to experience life together, and that's what relationships are about. And Jesus has called us to focus on relationships with God the Father and with other people around us. So I have a question for you, and I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to turn to your neighbor and discuss this really quickly among yourselves. What are some of the things that hold us back when it comes to connecting with people? What are some of the things that hold us back when it comes to connecting with people? Talk to your neighbors real quick. All right. Let's hear some shout-outs. What did you guys come up with? Security, Security. Security. fear. Rejection. What was the other one? Judgment. No time. What else? Culture barriers. Good. Isn't it fun to talk in church like this? I hope so. Uh, now, this idea that these are the things that can hold us back. Now, we understand that relationships are challenging, aren't they? Uh, they can be hard because when we deal with people, uh, there's an issue of time, and that was mentioned. The issue of time, some people are quirky, and they're hard to connect with. Uh, sometimes you've had a bad relationship in the past, and that means you don't want to necessarily put yourself out there. We've been wounded emotionally in the past, and that can keep us from diving into relationships. There's people out there that are really needy. And at times, those folks can make us tired. And that includes people in the church. There's unforgiveness, there's hurting people, and there's complicated people as well. And you know as much as I know, uh, there's people like that in your life, and you've ran into them. And oftentimes, when we run into those people, we're kind of like, well, I'll stick over here, but I don't necessarily want to connect with them because they drain me. You ever meet with somebody at the end of your meeting, you're done, you're kind of going, I need a nap? And there's people like that. And if you can't think of who that person is, that person might just be you. (laughs) A new study suggests that when people spend a lot of time on social media, they are more likely to feel isolated. A psychologist at the University of Pittsburgh said this, that too much time on sites like Twitter, Snapchat, Reddit, and Tumblr may elicit feelings of envy and distorted belief that others' lives are a lot happier than myself. And they're saying that when you go on social media, you look at all these pictures and people are doing great and there's selfies and they're just having a great time all the time. And often you don't see the pictures when the people are arguing, having a bad day, and things are going bad for them. You only see the good things. And people often will say, oh, my life is really not that good. Look at the people on Facebook. They seem to have it all together. It's all good. And a new study says that. And I've suspected that for a long time. And when I talk to people that are often on social media a lot, I'm not opposed to social media. Please hear that. What I'm saying is, when we focus on it a lot, it can isolate us. We can feel like our life is just not good enough. I wish I had pictures like that. I wish I was doing what they were doing. And sometimes we get caught up into this game, and it can hurt us relationally. It can isolate us, and we look for connections via social media. Whether it's our status we put up there, or 
what we had for lunch, whatever the case may be. We put ourselves out there at times. And Facebook, I feel, and social media has turned into a thing that was really fun at the beginning, and it's still fun, but it's become a lot more personal. You notice that? People are debating more, and then we're getting more personal about things, and it's turning into something where you kind of go, is this where people want to have a platform? And that's what it looks like. So people are saying, and the study suggests that people are feeling alone and isolated. They don't have anybody to, to be with, or they've decided that, you know what? My life is too hard. I'm going to stick with social media. And that's where I'll use a platform to show people that I'm okay. But in most cases, people aren't okay. And that includes our church. That includes most churches in the world. That includes our world in general, that people are hurting. And we need to understand that as well. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one because they have a good return for the work. If one falls down, his friend can help him. But pity on the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. See, there's strength in numbers, isn't there? And there's people in our society, in our community, and here in our church, if we're being really honest, that are feeling like there's nobody there to pick them up. There's nobody there to come alongside. And they're feeling alone and isolated in that. And it's good to have people to come along in your life, isn't it? And if you can wake up this morning and say, you know what, if things went down in my life that weren't very good, I could pick up the phone and call somebody. That's a blessing. That's a huge blessing. And a lot of people don't necessarily have that phone call they can make, that 3 a.m. phone call when it happens. Where do I turn? What do you do? And it's something we need to recognize that the Bible says that we should be in this together, that we can help each other out. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And there's strength in that as well. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul talks about this idea that we're in this faith together. He's talking to a group of Christians, and he's talking about the actions and attitudes we should have with each other, and how this parallels with what God has said about us and what he'll do for us as well. So if you've got your Bible, or if you want to read there, I'm going to be in Philippians 2 right now. And there's Bibles in front of you in the pews. And if you don't know where Philippians is, it's okay to go to the table of contents in the Bible as well. Uh, that's why it's there. Philippians 2, I'm going to read this, NIV version. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing of my spirit, and any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to each to your interests of others. As you read that, and it talks about if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Now, if we're going to have healthy relationships, I think one of the things we need to be doing with each other is coming along and encouraging each other. And spurring one another on. And, and to say that you did a good job at something, or I'm with you heart and soul in the circumstance you're going through. And we should come alongside and the Bible says we should do that. If we have any encouragement from being united with Christ, we should do that with one another. Now, when I talk about the word encouragement, you probably know some people that come to mind right away, don't you? And there's some great biblical examples as well. Barnabas from the Bible, they nicked him the son of encouragement. He was an encourager. And I won't get into the full story today, but he was the main clogs in Paul's life that came along the side of him when the other disciples and apostles looked at Paul and said, whoa, this guy used to kill Christians and now he's with us? And Barnabas stood in the gap and said, you know what, guys? I know you're nervous, but I vouch for this man. And he stood in the gap for him. 
And as you think about encouragement, do you need some this morning? Do you need some in your life? Whether it's a pat in the back or an arm around your shoulder, say, you got this. Keep going. And I believe the church should be overflowing with encouragement. It should be coming out of our pews and our windows and our doors. And we should be the greatest encouragers in the world. And it's something we need to keep in mind as we look at relationships, as we come alongside. See, I said social media is not a bad thing. I agree, social media is not a bad thing. But there's also some things that distract us from relationships. Our phones, our texting, our emailing. The art of encouragement seems to be disappearing more and more. Writing cards for each other seems to be a lost art. It's all about the texting. And I understand that's our society, and I understand we need to roll with that. However, I brush up against that to a certain degree because I kind of go, what about the words we say face-to-face? What about coming alongside of someone's face and saying, I love you. What you're going through is tough, but I'm with you. To me, I feel I find the text can be an easy way out to a certain degree. I understand that's how we capture our words, but at the end of the day, are you able to encourage someone? Are you able to come by somebody and say, I'm with you? And I think it's important to do in the church because when we can encourage each other and it shows that we're in relationship together, that we know we get a safe place to go. William Arthur Ward said this. He's an American poet. He said this, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me, I may not like you. Ignore me, I may not forgive you. Encourage me and I will not forget you. The Bible says this in Hebrews 10. And let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meaning together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you know any encouragers? And it's not always about words. It's also about actions as well, and what we do to each other and how we come alongside each other. It's an important thing to think about. Just last weekend, in our family, uh, we have a pretty big yard, and we don't have a, uh, a, a riding mower. Apparently, that's standard operating procedure in this area. You need one of those. And we don't have one, on, which is fine. And our lawn was getting pretty big, and we don't even have a push mower. We finally got one the other day. And I had arranged with somebody to meet me at my house that day, and they are going to lend me their uh, tractor. And I said, great. It didn't work out because we ended up, uh, we were out that day, and Joe got really sick. That's my son. And he had to go to the hospital because he had strep throat. So none of the clinics were open. It was all good. He's fine. But we couldn't meet this person that was going to help us out with our lawn. And so we were texting back and forth. And I said, maybe I'll get it another day. And it was going to rain that week. And he simply said, I'll cut your lawn for you. Huge. That was a huge deal for us because we didn't get home until 830 that night. Our lawn wouldn't have gone down that week. And this guy decided, you know what? I'll do it for you. And that encouraged us. It was just a practical act of service. But we're super grateful for that. If we have any comfort, is love. The scripture talks about it as well. See, God is the perfect model of how we develop healthy relationships. So the question I have for you, have you received God's love? Do you truly know what God's love really feels like? Do we understand that God sent Jesus for us? What is your identity when it comes to understanding the comfort that we have in his love? See, I think sometimes we think that God is the scorekeeper. And that if we do certain things wrong, he's keeping track of those things. And that we have an a image of God that is more of a person out to get us rather than love us. See, I believe this. If we can understand our identity in Jesus fully, to know that we are saved, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we belong to the Most High, 
I believe we would live a f- more freedom-full relationship with Jesus. And some of you have come here this morning and you think that God might be out to get you, that you don't understand God's love and you haven't connected fully with his love. And I want to say to you right here, right now, that God absolutely loves you. And it's not based on any condition of what you can do to better yourself or to get him to love you even more. And when we can understand the love that God has for us, we will live in more freedom and that will allow us to open ourselves up into relationships with other people. And that's where it has to start. Do you truly believe that you belong to Jesus? And if you have not accepted Christ, do you understand what that actually means? The Bible says in Romans 15, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Did you catch that? Just as Christ has accepted you. Many many in our churches are walking around not understanding their true identity in Jesus. And what does it really mean? It's based upon a different distorted view of being in a relationship with Jesus. But please understand that God does not keep score. He is not out to get you. He is not in heaven with a lightning bolt in his hand ready to hit you down. But if we can understand that and fully accept that, I think we will live in so much more freedom than we are today. And that will impact our relationships. First John says this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Did you catch that? God so loved us. God so loved you. And that's something we should accept and understand and put it in our hearts and tuck it away and be reminded every day that God loves us. The Bible says this as well in John 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this all people know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. See, when we love each other, people are going to see that and go on, huh, that person's kind of quirky, but apparently that guy's hanging out with him. What's the deal? That's because Jesus loves us, and we need to show that love with people as well. It's something we need to understand and recognize and capture in our spirit. It also says in the scripture we're looking at this morning, if you have any fellowship with the spirit. See, fellowship is the same word that talks about community. And Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. See, as a church, we have to dedicate ourselves to each other. That's what we're in it, and that's what we do. And we need to be accessible to one another. And we need to be in this together to understand that we're rubbing shoulders with people that love Jesus, and they're on the journey of understanding who Christ is. And when the church does that, the church is vibrant and exploding, not just in numbers, but in depth and community. And it's something that can really bring people together. And this church is doing a pretty good job at that. But I believe this wholeheartedly that every church can get deeper and better at this. Now, one of the ways we try to get people connected around here is through our growth groups. And a growth group is a place where you can find encouragement and comfort and meaningful relationships as well. Now, what is a growth group? Growth groups meet uh, usually once a week, maybe bi-weekly as well. They gather at someone's house, maybe meet at the church, and they go through the Bible or go through a study together. And that's a great way to find community because if you look at the numbers here this morning, it's very difficult to connect in a deeper relationship on a Sunday morning. 
This is a great time to come together and celebrate Jesus and worship together. Those are absolutely amazing parts of our life and important. But in order to connect in depth and community even further, we need to connect in a growth group. Now, I will submit to you that is a growth group model perfect? Absolutely not. There's different ways to connect. Like for some of you men out there, you don't necessarily, I'm not making the assumption, but I will say this is a blanket statement, you don't want to necessarily sit around in someone's living room, look at each other and say, how are you feeling today? Some of you men don't like that, and that's okay. But what if you gather at someone's house or you decided to go to Boston Pizza for chicken wings once a week and start talking about how you're doing? I've been in groups, groups like that as well. We call those affinity groups. Basically means you have something in common, you're doing something together, but you're doing it because it's out of a relationship. And we're trying to get deeper with each other to understand who we are. Now, I know at times growth groups can be a challenge because you're dealing with broken people. And when broken people come together, it can get kind of messy. And we're going to show you a video, and I hope this isn't a growth group that you've experienced in your life. small groups always getting into your business trying to get you to share your feelings discuss your past confess your sins are you just looking for a place to kick it network maybe get some free grub me too that's why i created what i believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group we're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions you got problems you deal with them you're an adult life ain't easy so stop the pity party we all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at Shallow Small Group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey, dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth. Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't. There's no pressure here to remember each other's names. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, man. How's it going? That's good. Yeah. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Too sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Yeah. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? Uh, that's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. Who wants cake? And there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy. And we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial. But hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group. Because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? When things get too deep, people drown. You know, it's funny. Uh, and we were making, uh, having some fun with this morning, but when we think about growth groups and this idea that we connect together and we hang out, uh, it takes investment. It takes time, doesn't it? It takes energy. Uh, we can go to a growth group and we can sit on the peripheral for a long time and walk and we go, oh, that was the worst growth group ever. And the question I always often ask people when they say that, how much did you invest? How much did you step into it? How much did you make yourself open? 
Because sometimes we don't take personal responsibility in how we bring into community. We try to pass the buck in the church, and we blame it on other people. And I think oftentimes we need to look at this idea and go, how can I connect in the church? And a growth group is one of the ways you can get connected here at Meadowbrook. Is it the only way? No, it's not. But it's a great way to get connected. Now, growth groups have been winding down now for the summer coming up, but we are looking at people for September. And if you want to start a growth group this summer, we'd love to talk with you and to see what that's all about. And that's a great way to connect and to hang out with people. You know, this is all, all about relationships, and, we're, and that's the theme this morning as well that we're talking about, this idea that we will grow together and we will look out for the interests of other people as well. And that's what the scripture says too, that we should look out to the interests of other people. I'm going to say that again. Look out for the interests for other people. Now, that's hard. Now, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. That's one of the things I think that challenges people is to help come alongside people. We need to take a risk. We need to put something aside in our own life so we can come alongside and encourage people and walk with them and bring compassion and forgiveness. See, I need people like that in my life. And you need people like that in your life as well. But how do we get there? We need to put other people first at times. And oftentimes, I think in our society, we're so focused on ourselves that we forget there's people around us that are dying and hurting all the time. And it's something that we need to remind ourselves because I believe this, our relationship with God directly impacts our relationship with others. You know, the more freedom we have in God, the more depth we have with Jesus, I believe the more freely we're gonna give to other people in our life. And I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about time and energy. And that's what the church should all be about. We should be taking a genuine interest in people's lives. We should be coming alongside and getting to know people, even people that are different than us, even people that are outside of our circle group here at the church. Now, does that mean we're going to be best friends with everybody in the church? Absolutely not. I do not want to be your best friend. But I will say this. It's a place where we should come together and start looking outside of where we, we connect with. Now, ask yourself this question. When you're done church on Sunday mornings, and we're done here after the last song, Do you get up and talk to the same people? Probably. But I want to challenge you in that and say, why not get up and try to meet somebody new? Why not go to the cafe and try to say hi to somebody? Now, saying hi is one thing, but actually going in a way to get to know somebody. That's a different story. See, churches can become clicky, and I'm not saying we're like that, but what I'm saying is this. When we connect in the ministry areas that we can relate to only, and we don't step outside of that, it can look like that. Yes, I understand you have that in common. I get that. But there's an understanding that we're in this together and we can walk together and start saying hi to one another, even deeper and going further than that. Meadowbrook is a welcoming church. I've said that up front and I'll continue to say that. But I've also heard that Meadowbrook is only friendly to ourselves, but how friendly are we to other people that you've never met before, that you look across the pews and go, I've never met that person. Why not go say hi? See, I think Meadowbrook does a really good job at welcoming people. I will say that. But I also believe this, that we as a church and as a community of believers can be even better at it, to get even deeper, to help connect with people. So when we talk about putting others ahead of ourselves, that's what Christ asks us to do. Now, I know it's not easy, guys. I know it's not easy whatsoever. And I am not perfect at this. I will submit to that as well. I don't connect with every single one of you on a Sunday morning. Yet at the end of the day, I don't believe I'm required to do that either because the church is in this together 
And we're called to do that with one another. If this is dependent just on our pastors and our staff and our elders and our leadership, we're in trouble. Give me an amen for that. Let's be honest. We're in trouble. But I've seen a really amazing momentum happen here at Meadowbrook. I've seen people getting connected. I've seen new people come and being welcomed. But I also know there's people here that are feeling completely disconnected. Have I challenged them and said, is it on you? Absolutely, to a certain degree. But what are we doing about ourselves? How are we going out of our way to meet other people in this community so we can be a church that is thriving even more so? Because I believe it can happen. And that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will continue to guide us in this as well. Comedian Yakov Smirnov says this. When he first came to the United States from Russia, he wasn't prepared for the incredible variety of instant products available at American grocery stores. He says this. On my first shopping trip, I saw powdered milk. You just add water and you get milk. Then I saw powdered orange juice. You just add water and you get orange juice. And then I saw baby powder and I thought to myself, what a country. <laughs> See, true community does not happen overnight. Absolutely not. We're on a journey together. We wrestle with this. It takes time. And it takes energy and it takes effort. But if we're open and honest about this, we're all all under construction, aren't we? Every single one of us is a WIP, a work in progress. See, God isn't done with me yet, and God isn't done with you yet either. And that's an awesome thing, that we are under construction through the power of the Holy Spirit. But as we think about being under construction and this idea that we are in community together, what are you willing to do about it? What am I willing to do about it? And it's something we need to ask ourselves. See, every church is messy. I've mentioned that. There's no perfect church. And I am saying this this morning. I do not want us to be the perfect church. None of us do. We do not want to be the perfect church at all because I don't believe it exists. When you have people there's going to be trouble. There's going to be messiness. I often say church would be great if it wasn't for all the people. But church can be a challenging place to come together. Mike Iaconoli, he wrote a book called Messy Spirituality, and he says this, the church is a place where the incompetent, the unfinished, and even the unhealthy are welcome. And I believe Jesus agrees. We have kids, and my kids have a messy room, often. I have three full-time jobs, I believe, here at the church, and two at home. One of them is turning off the lights all the time, and the second is trying to help my kids keep their rooms clean. Now, when you clean up a bedroom, when a children's room or one of your rooms, you're getting in there, and you're cleaning it up, you're getting it tidy, and eventually, guess what happens? It gets messy again, doesn't it? It's inevitable. It just happens. And I like the analogy because it reminds me of life. See, sometimes we can clean up our life, and we're doing okay, and we're going along, and all of a sudden, bam, something happens, and it gets messy again. And life starts to get even dirtier and harder and more challenging. And that's what it's all about. But in our messiness, are we able to submit to say that we're in this together, that we can do this together, that we can come alongside of one another, we can encourage each other, we can challenge each other, and do this in community, because that's how Christ called us to live, in community. And when we are in community even deeper and further than we are today, you know what's going to happen? Lives are going to change, not just inside this church, but in our community as well. People are going to come to faith. People are going to see us and go, what are they all about? And when they see us with our T-shirts on, serving the community on Love Leavington Serve Day, they will say they love Jesus and they're doing this for his sake. And they're doing it with a smile together. 
And I love the, the ability for us to do that. See, when we talk about being messy, life is messy, folks, and we all know that. It's not surprise for any of us. And if we're really being honest, we're a mess too. I'm a mess. I am a mess. I'm okay to admit that. But Jesus is not a mess. And he gives me hope and he gives me strength every day. Turn to your neighbor and say you're a mess. Come on now with some feeling. See, I want this church to be a place where we can come with our dirty minivans, our cluttered cars, our arguments we have on the way to church in the morning. You know what I'm saying? I've never had one of those. And we come to church and we ask, how you doing? It's a simple question and the answer always seems to be, I'm okay, I'm doing good. And I get we're not gonna stand in front of everybody and, and air all of our stuff. But I want you to consider a few things. Are you feeling a sense of disconnect or loneliness? And if you are, it's okay. Like, it's really okay. I sometimes find that we in the church have to have it all together before we can let anybody else in. And it's not the case. We are a place for the broken. If you are perfect, please let me know how it works. We are here as a broken people. Are you ready to admit that we're all in a mess in some way? We all are a mess in some way, folks. We all are in a mess in some way. And do you trust in the messiness that Jesus can bring healing and hope? I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. That Jesus can take our messiness in our life and make us whole again. And he can do that in the sense of community. But we gotta do this together. Are you willing to get messy? That's my question for you this morning. You could say, are you willing to get messier? Because maybe you're already in, in the trenches, which is great. But are you willing to dive in? And I'm talking about taking that risk and getting to know more people and coming alongside people and encouraging them and not thinking that I've got it all together because everybody else doesn't. See, if we can understand that, that our identity in Christ, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are loved by the Most High, I believe when we understand that, we will be more free in our vulnerability and our honesty of our struggle. But when we start thinking that we've got it all together and we're all that in a bag of chips, we're in trouble. Because I submit to you, as your lead pastor, I do not have it all together. And I'm okay to admit that. Am I stumbling towards heaven every single day? Do I love Jesus? Absolutely, with all my being. Do I want to be in community with you? Absolutely. But I will also lead by example and say up front to you today that I am on this journey with you. Not isolated, but in this together with you. And as you look around this room, I want us to be in this journey together. Not for our sakes only, but for the sake of the kingdom. Because there's a lot riding. There's a lot at stake. And before you leave today, if you are feeling disconnected or lonely, if you are in that spot where you need somebody to pray with, where you need somebody to come alongside because you are in such a struggle, I need you not to leave today without talking to someone. You gotta tell someone. Amen? I know it's a heavy message, but I wanna bring this to you today because I, this was on my heart, not because we're in a bad place here, but to remind us that we're in this together.
And as we talk about Mission Sunday, about being on mission, being in community is part of being on mission as well. And that's why God has called us to love each other, to walk with each other. So are you willing to get messy? Let's pray. Father, thank you that in our messiness, uh, you are good and you see our brokenness and that you take our pain and you can give us peace and you can give us strength in the midst of all the chaos. I thank you for each person. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the work you're doing in this church. And we ask Jesus that you would pour out even more the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would be able to rub shoulders in a way that would be deeper and more meaningful, that we would be engaged in community, that we would get to know people, that we'd step out of our comfort zone. And that God, this would not about be about me or anyone else, but it'd be simply about honoring you in our lives through relationships, our relationship with you and our relationship with other people. And Jesus, today, for those who have come, who are struggling, who are hurting today, that have so much hurt that they don't know what to do with, and they come here on a Sunday, and they walk away on their car, and they're feeling even more miserable. Father, I pray in Jesus' name you give them courage to come forward to talk to somebody so we can do this brokenness journey together. Jesus, I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is you do, and we're grateful for that. So Jesus, as we continue to worship you, I pray, Father, now that you come, pour out your healing, pour out the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Jesus, for your example, that you love us and we're called to love others. In Jesus' name, amen. to pray with someone or if you need someone to chat with as Mesh said uh, and challenged in the message a few of us will be up here if you want to come on up afterwards what I liked about that message was there was a good challenge that we can put into effect right now uh, the minute the service is done go find somebody and say hi introduce yourself easy to do maybe hard to take the first step but we can do it right here right now and put that into action let's pray Father thank you for the word that has come and the challenge and the encouragement Lord that your word brings to us we pray Lord Lord, that as we uh, even leave in these moments and as we go back to our week and as we uh, walk out the rest of this week with you, Lord, that you'll just open our eyes to see uh, where there is messiness and where there is brokenness around us and where it's there in us and where we can take steps towards others instead of retreating away into ourselves and show us what this looks like for us, Lord. And we thank you for Meadowbrook Church. Thank you that this is a loving and safe place and we just want to go further with this now, Lord as we reach out more and more and as we help others more and more and as we find our own needs met in others more and more as we walk in relationship together and as we walk in relationship with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here this Sunday. We will see you next week.